when I first came to America on just on a trip in 2006, I ate this terrible, terrible slimy fried okra that was horrible. And then six years later, I came back and somebody gave me a dried okra pot as a wedding present as part of an Indian spice mix. And that just kind of, it was kind of a bizarre epiphany moment where just by being given this seed pod and the story behind it, that it was somebody's family heirloom okra. I am Sarah Nussbaum and I am here with Morgan Metzger, Kehlani Sawyer, and Annie Stewart. We are students at the Franklin School of Innovation in Asheville, North Carolina, and this is our podcast for our ninth grade learning expedition. A learning expedition is a cross-curricular project exploring an issue of relevance to our community. Our expedition focuses on how small actions can make big changes. This is focused in climate change. Our podcast will focus on the agricultural effects of climate change in Western North Carolina. We interviewed Chris Smith, a farmer in WNC, about the impacts he sees in his crop trials as a result of climate change. My name is Chris Smith and I'm the Marketing and Communications Manager at So True Seed. And we've just recently started a spin-off nonprofit called the Utopian Seed Project, of which I am the executive director. Found out the idea through So True Seed that we really wanted to have more hands in the dirt crop trialing to try and support more of a sustainable food system in Western North Carolina. So last year I did a big okra trial just off my own back. I was writing a book on okra and this year it kind of felt like a natural step to just launch the nonprofit based on the success of the okra trial last year. Chris Smith is currently in the process of publishing a book in the defense of okra. It is about okra seed trials and how to use the entire plant in an effort to reduce food waste. This is something he calls the seed to stem philosophy in turn combating climate change. It will be released to bookshelves on June 7th. The seed to stem philosophy is the use of all parts of the plant. That can include shoots, leaves, seeds, flowers, and almost any component you can name. They can be used if not in food, then in something else. Chris's journey with okra is a big part of his opinion on climate change and the purpose behind the Utopian Seed Project. The okra trials were done to provide research and facts to back up his project. Today, hunger is the world's number one health risk. It kills more people every year than malaria, tuberculosis, and AIDS combined. According to WFP, 821 million people, or one in eight people, go to bed on an empty stomach every night. This is while about 1.3 billion tons of food is wasted every year. The amount of food being wasted will increase the overall inconsistent global temperature. This is because wasted food directly increases the carbon footprint. The whole system is flawed. We spend so much effort growing food and then we eat a small portion of it and throw the rest away. Rest away. So there's this massive carbon input to then only use a small proportion of what we grow. And then if that food is grown on the west coast and then trucked across in refrigerated trucks and then put in a plastic box and then put on an open refrigerator and then you put it in your fridge and it melts in a few days and, and then you throw it away, like this whole system is flawed. But it's not just the system that's flawed. The erratic seasons and changing climate are hugely impacting the food we eat. As our world's climate has risen in the past few years due to human activity, it has been affecting weather patterns, sea levels, temperatures, glaciers, droughts, and flooding all across the world. Is I've been here for six years now, and no one season has been the same. 
And so historically, when you look at agriculture, then there's a predictability of the seasons. So we'll have like wet summers that lead into dry winters that usually will get snowfall and that kind of thing. My six years, every single growing season has been radically different. And I'm pretty much convinced and certainly speaking to older farmers that used to notice that continuity of weather patterns and now it's all very erratic is is pretty attributable to climate change for sure. Not only will farmers and agriculture be affected but you and I are and will be affected. In Western North Carolina there are many direct effects of climate change on the environment. For example, you may have experienced some flooding near the river or heavier snow if you live in higher elevations. The rain and droughts are more extreme because the higher temperatures are causing evaporation levels to increase. This makes it take longer for clouds to form, meaning we have a buildup of rain and longer periods of drought. All these effects will worsen as climate change progresses. This will continue to make food harder to grow, then harder to access. While we may not see this happening immediately, we can already see some of these effects of climate change in our own backyards. If you've been in Asheville for a few years, or if you're a local, you'll remember a hurricane we had in 2018. According to the Citizen Times, at least seven roads closed during the hurricane, and there was lots of flooding along the river. And then the year before that, when we had a long drought. While those events were short-term, the fact that they happened means that we will have much more serious problems in the long term. As our need for food grows, more strain will be placed upon farmers, in turn causing climate change to accelerate as they try to meet the demand for food. This circle is degrading on our environment and can only be pushed so far. If nothing is done, then the problem will only worsen. Fewer crops directly result in less food, which adds to the number of people that will be hungry. And as the number of, pe of hungry people grows, the problem grows with it. We're going to have to more and more embrace wide diversity, because if you just cr plant one type of crop with one narrow set of genetics that perform well in one type of condition, then if those conditions aren't met, you're going to struggle or you're going to have really high externalized costs to try and get them to operate in an environment they're not very happy in. So I think we're going to move towards um, lots and lots of diversity within crops, but also be between crops and within crops. There is strength in crop diversity and can be used to mitigate the effects of climate change that will be seen in the future. Climate change will place unprecedented pressures on our ability to grow the food that we require. Adapting agriculture to these future conditions will be essential. Unfortunately, according to CoreSierra.com, global seed diversity declined by 75% in the last 100 years, depriving farmers of crop varieties better suited to changing weather patterns. Crop diversity can be used to ensure food security, fight to end hunger, and reduce environmental de degradation. Rising populations, diminishing resources, and deteriorating environments can all be helped by crop variety. This is why the search for more diversity is so important. Crop trialing is how this diversity is found. Within crops, so that's why I did 70, 60, how many did I do? 76 different varieties of okra I grew last year to see which ones would perform well, and I'm gonna do the same amount this year so we can start teasing out the genetics that perform well in a wide variety of conditions. actions can we take? What can you do to make a change? Composting at home is one easy way to make a change. Your carbon footprint is made up of all the activities you do that create carbon. By cutting out food waste, we'll, this will decrease your carbon footprint and allow more food to be provided to the ones in need. Food waste can easily be reduced and make a large difference. That is what we did. 
we created three compost bins throughout our campus to promote composting. This will encourage students to compost, which will benefit our gardens and campus. You can do this too. There are many things that you can compost. For example, you can compost banana peels, eggshells, orange peels, coffee grounds, and many other things. But there are also things you cannot compost. Meat, dairy, food cooked in oil, recyclables, and any non-biodegradable waste. Biodegradable waste is any waste capable of being broken down by living organisms, usually bacteria. You can use it for your own garden or give it to any avid gardener you know. By composting, you can keep landfills from filling up and reduce methane gas production. By decomposing in landfill, methane gas is released into the atmosphere. Methane is a greenhouse gas that traps heat. An increase in composting will decrease food being burned and decrease methane production. According to the New York Times, 40% of all food produced in the U.S. is wasted. You can help by composting. Food makes up 20% of landfill weight, the single largest municipal waste source. You can help decrease this by composting. Uneaten food at restaurants and homes cost $161 billion annually. You can save money by composting. 133 billion pounds of food are wasted every year. You can change this by composting. By composting, you can help. 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 A thank you to Mr. Lubos, Mr. Chris, Mr. Fowler, and Ms. First for their help, and a very special thank you to Chris Smith for his contributions and expertise. And from all of us, thank, thank you for listening. listening.